You're listening to the Love is Black podcast. Where the host of fly. The love is dope. And the conversation's always 100. Welcome to your favorite podcast. It is love that is black. That's not I, what it's called. It's it, That's what it is. Love that is black? No, 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 no. That's what it is. I'm Harvey. And I'm Paris. And this is the Love is Black podcast. I was describing it. I was trying to create a mood. I'm describing it by its name. Okay, no, 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 no. That's the title. The right. description right. is what I was doing. I was trying to set a mood. You're confusing the people. They've listened. This is four seasons and they know what's up. Do okay. they though? Yes, they do. Don't. All of you who are new, just never mind all that, okay? And if you're new, thank you for watching and listening to Love is Black podcast. It's um, it's quite it's wonderful to have you. Thank you. Yes. Oh my God, it's so exciting for new faces and new ears. Are you thrilled? Super thrilled. Super thrilled. Yes, so this week, but before we talk about this week, how are you doing this week? I am good. How are you? I'm doing well this week. Great. Yes. We have a cool guest this week. This season has been much us talking, but occasionally we slip somebody (laughs) in, good guests so we can talk about love. And our guest this week is Natasha McCray. Yes. So let me tell you a little bit more about her. So Natasha is a serial entrepreneur and multi-passionate entertainer and the founder of the Love CEO Institute, a personal development company for women and co-founder of Jackson McRae Whiskey. Mm. Ooh, very nice. She has a degree in psychology from Grand Canyon University. Through the development and national tour of her one-woman show, Evolution of a Love Addict, several years of counseling and serial entrepreneurship, Natasha turned her life around and elevated herself from love addict to love CEO. She now coaches women how to find peace, pleasure, and success by using her signature love intelligence method. Her entertainment industry experience spanning over the last 20 years includes acting commercials, network TV appearances, award-winning production of several short films, and, and she's on the Love is Black podcast. Exactly. This is the, the culmination of yes. all that is this. <laughs> Got it. Yes. She has directed a one-woman show, a commercial, and documentary that is in post-production. She's also won an award for Best Writer for her one-woman show. She lives in Los Angeles, California with her husband, and I am so very much looking forward to speaking with her. This is going to be a fun episode. Buckle in. Let's do it. Asha, I am super excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Of course. I'm excited to be here. Yes, we're so excited to have you. Mm -hmm. I am incredibly interested in this whole one woman show thing and like everything that really brought you to where you are today. So let's kind of jump a little bit into the evolution of a love addict. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of heartache brought me to where I am today. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, it it was growth. It was growth. And it's one of those things they say your life's challenges can bring you to your greatest purpose. And that's what happened. Um, So I did my one woman show, started in Los Angeles, moved to LA in 98 and started writing. I was like, my story I thought would be interesting. I thought it would be a way to encourage and empower young women who might have had uh, lost a sense of self because I was in and out of bad relationships and really didn't know how to truly love myself. So I was writing my one woman show about it. And fast forward 10 years, I was writing and never really doing anything about it. And so I had taken a two year break to get my kid off to college. And when I was deciding to come back, I was like, well, how am I going to come back into this entertainment world? Um, Because I'm an actress, moved to L.A. for acting. And I felt God go, you got that one woman show. And I was like, I got a bunch of monologues, but I don't have a show. (laughs) And so I ended up one day going home and just putting all of my poetry and the monologues and everything out. And it was almost like one of those uh, beautiful mind moments where things like letters were coming off the page. And it, I said, oh my goodness, this is totally an evolution of a love addict because I would listen, re- look at poems that I'd written about, I don't know who, but I was madly in love. <laughs> 
And then I was writing about my heartache. And then I was writing about, you know, the triumph and empowering myself. And so I decided to do my one woman show and I did my one woman show. And after the show, I figured I would do Q&A and Q&A I thought would ask about how do you, you know, memorize who was your director? How did you write this show? But the Q&A was really about how do you love yourself? How do you start dating after divorce? Um, how do you forgive, you know, your family for family traumas? It was really some serious group therapy going on. And I would come home and I would have emails and I would answer those emails. And that was during the time of online um, coaching. And so I ended up diving into the online coaching world. Um, I took all the lessons that I learned and everything that I had compiled for myself, which was hours of therapy and hours of personal development books and courses. And I decided to create my very first course, which was loving yourself to love. And that's what brought me into starting my company, Love CEO Institute, which is a personal development company for ambitious women so that they can really lean into who they are, because a lot of us have lost ourselves after a certain age, whether it's family or kids. And um, I start, I, I really love doing what I do from the perspective of how much can I love myself more today? <laughs> I love and I that. hope people run with that. So do you find that your love addict that you discovered in kind of going back through all of your your work do you find that you've kind of channeled that just into just self or is there still elements of that love addict that you see maybe in your marriage or just yes like now yeah and I I take it similar to a lot of addictions and sometimes they'll say you know if someone's an alcoholic they're always an alcoholic and they're managing that even if they haven't had a drink in 15 years and for me, there are those tendencies um, that if something isn't working well, and it could be just a matter of a conversation, I might feel triggered from the past, but I'm an over communicator in my marriage. So, so it's, you know, we, we get, we get by <laughs> because he, there are no secrets <laughs> from my perspective, but it does creep up. It does show up. And I have to take the tools that I learned because when I did therapy right after my second divorce, and this is my third and final marriage, but after my second divorce, I was in therapy. And that's when I discovered even what a love addict was and were in therapy. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's me. Oh yeah, that's me too. Oh yes, that's me too. And um, so I found that I have a lot of tools now, but it does creep up where I do want the novelty of things. And I, you know, when that starts to get kind of boring, I'm just like, okay, what's happening? This doesn't feel right. Um, and to an extent where it really doesn't feel right, it feels kind of triggering, like, oh my God, is this the beginning of the end? And then I go, no, just manage and have a conversation. <laughs> Use your tools. Use your words. <laughs> so you are a love addict and obviously after two divorces were you were you like skittish about attempting another relationship how did no. you dive into that were you ready to dive back in because I feel like there's a difference was. between the love and the marriage you can love love but is there a difference to you between love and marriage or are they kind of one and the same I believe love and marriage are two completely different things I believe marriages that have love are great. I think a lot of marriage, my view on marriage has totally shifted. I think a lot of marriage is arrangements, um, like arranging negotiations, um, work. Um, uh, yeah, you're bargaining. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in order for you to create a beautiful um, corporation. I think that's why I named my company Love CEO because my background is executive assistant to C-suite um, uh, people. And so I watch how they navigate running a business and there was a level of emotion. The most, the most, the best CEOs I saw had passion, but they also had a level of um, major left brain in order to make this work. And there had to be a beautiful balance. There were some... Uh, 
some people that were straight, just left brain analytic, and that didn't work to run a company. And then there were some that were just creatives and passionate, and that didn't work. And there had to be this beautiful balance between left and right brain. Um, and it doesn't mean a balance of both are happening at the same time, but a balance of you have to have some in there. It's a, it's a beautiful dance. And so, yeah, I definitely believe love and marriage are two different things. I mean, there's a lot of arranged marriages that turn out amazing, um, that they've been married for years and they're happy. They're not like, you know, there's some that aren't, but there are some where the people have grown to love each other and they have a beautiful life together. That's a very good point um, with the arranged marriages. So, and especially the growing to love. <laughs> I think this is a really great way, actually, the growing to love to kind of pivot a little bit into self-love and the mm -hmm. importance of that. Because I think in a lot of ways, we all, over time, grow to love ourselves. Yeah. And for different people, it happens at different stages. Mm -hmm. And in some instances, I think it's almost detrimental to, I don't know, I'm processing a lot of things right now. I think it's also detrimental to some relationships in a way, if you never really grow to love yourself first. Oh before yes. you're really in that that's situation. major that's a major because if you haven't grown to love yourself you don't even know how to navigate those negotiations and those bargainings you know and sometimes they're coming from um a place of lack or a place of desperation mm -hmm. uh, but when you have grown to love yourself what you're giving is from the overflow I always give the example in my coaching practice. I'm like, if imagine having a cup sitting on top of a saucer and you're pouring into that cup. You, What you give is when you have poured so much into that cup that it's overflowing into the saucer and you give from what's in the saucer. You never give from what's in the cup. And so many people are just giving from what's in the cup and then they're frantically trying to fill the cup and then they keep giving from what's in the cup and then they're not even giving the best to their spouses because- they're given from the lack of it's it's really fascinating and you give from the overflow and then you're giving your spouse this abundance of love you're not even giving it so you can get if you're if your cup is empty then you're giving so you can get you know it's like this desperation that happens and couples must, don't like yeah that. that's a good that's a good description I like that a lot. I've done it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm on the journey. It's not that I'm like this guru who made it to this place. You know, it's no, it's it's this beautiful journey that I'm on and discovery. Yeah, you really live and you learn from each of these experiences where you're at personally. Because I think if we all take a second to just hold some accountability for anything that we may have contributed to a failed relationship, I think we find that there is those elements of, you know, self-neglect or not enough self-love um, or acceptance yeah. that's there that really helps. I agree. It was hard when I first went to therapy after my second divorce because there, I was discovering a lot of stuff. It was almost like a mirror was being held up to me and I could no longer be like, oh, well, he, he was a womanizer. You know, both of my guys were womanizers. And then you go, well, girl, why you let that type of person in your space? Like, let's have that conversation. And that was the hard conversation for me. It was that mirror that was being held up that I, I didn't value myself. I didn't know what I deserved. I didn't know what was acceptable and unacceptable in relationships. Let me ask so you. I, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no, I was going to say I accepted a lot of the unacceptable. Okay. This, I don't know, this, I don't know, sounds like a hokey or weird kind of question, but I want to ask it. Is there a difference between the love that you give yourself, the self-love versus the love that you give to someone else? I do not think so. Huh. I believe that we are all born with love intelligence. And if we navigate in this space of getting back to the root and getting back to the knowing, then we can give ourselves compassion the same way we'd give someone else compassion. And I think it's just something that's needed. So I wouldn't say like the love I'm giving my husband 
or my best friend is different than the love that I'm giving myself. It's just, I'm giving, it's going through a different vessel. I believe love is love. Love is love. And we weren't really taught exactly what is love. We, no one taught us that. And so when I was studying and researching, I went, I was like, let me go back to the basics. And so I went to first Corinthians, which people say that at weddings all the time, love is patient, love is kind, love is, and no one's really, they're just reciting it because it sounds good and no one's really breaking it down. And so what I did is I went, okay, well, what is patience? Webster dictionary. Let's just get, you know, as basic as basic can be mm-hmm. and then break down. How do I show myself patience? How am I patient with myself? Am I beating myself up because I didn't make it to this thing the way quick, as quick as I thought I would, you know, how do I show myself kindness? I mean, in literally putting a face on it, and that's the foundation. Those are the foundations, perseverance, protection. How am I protecting myself? Do I allow these other people in my space? How do I protect my spouse? Whether I'm talking to certain people about certain things or not, or even when they come home, am I giving them the space to to be chill? before I go in about what needs to be changed, like the conversation has to happen, but we can navigate it in a different kind of way. So if I'm looking at love from what I've now have come to understand the love to be, then it's not different. I like that. Mm-hmm. Love is love. I like that. Love is, is love. Love is love. Yeah. And, and you know what we, that we say that a lot because there's a different connotation when that is said these days it means something else yes but love is incredibly important and we can i'll go back to marriage real quick you said difference between love and marriage Mm -hmm. i've always had a question with the whole arranged marriage thing so i've never understood if that's something that really works can you do you have an idea why do you think, how can you grow to love somebody? Is it growing to know them or then growing to love them? What do you think like the pattern of that is? How do you, can you love somebody that you don't know? Don't you think you'd have to know them first to then kind of build up? Because then otherwise, isn't it just infatuation? I don't think so. As you're saying that, I don't, I don't, I don't have a blanket answer to that. So this is like in discovery with y'all right now. I feel like, if we looked at love is universal, then we should be able to love someone who comes into our space in this moment without even knowing them. They are exactly a cre- they are another creation on this earth. They are another human being. There is that compassion element. You know, there is an empathy element. We don't have to know people to really be able to just see them. And I think people aren't seeing people from the depth and energetic, energetic sense. And so with that being said, we also talk about the different types of love. We have that Eros love. So being in a relationship, when you first meet someone and you're sitting across from someone, I could have said I loved certain people on dates because I chose to show up in this space and see them may not be a match the more i the older i got and after therapy i would come to a date with like this this over expression i guess you could say it was like just being able to give energetically that i love this person if no one's ever said that to them if no one ever looked them in the eye they could generally feel love just popping off of me but that didn't mean we were a match mm-hmm. and that didn't mean that that love would turn into the other extensions of love. The, you know, it wasn't that it turned into arrows, you know, it just was that I merely loved this person, the person in the grocery store. And sometimes I'll practice and I coach people to practice walking through your day and just sending love to people without even saying anything, whether the person's looking at you or not. So when I think about love, I think about it from that broader global perspective so I don't think you have to know someone to love them I believe you may have to know someone to be vulnerable 
vulnerable with them. And then vulnerability opens up the door for a deeper connection. Because if you're not vulnerable, then, you know, that's out the window. You're going to be pushing and pulling and doing that love tango. <laughs> you do that love tango for a while and that dancing kind of gets tiring. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a great question because I don't, I don't think you have to know someone to love them. It's you might have to love them to let them in. Of course. Yeah. That's a very interesting concept. Um, but then, also it's back to what you said. Yeah. What you were saying about that self-love. Yes. That's like, right. if you are, yeah. If yeah. you are in the space of having self-love and you've done the work, then you have more than enough to give and you're not trying to hold on to it. I like that. That's why I think racists have the lowest love intelligence because there hasn't, there's no way of, um, you can't give what you don't have. Of course. And I know this, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. We can get into it, but yeah. that might take us somewhere that's we don't want to end. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not gonna... Love and light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love and light. Love and light. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so... What I'm thinking is with you and all, all of the work that you've done as far as your writing, um, where does writing, because I know people talk a lot about journaling or just getting your thoughts out. And I know you've done therapy. Like what are all the pieces that goes into that self-love, that self-care or that discovery of self that leads to that emotional and love intelligence? Yeah. Yeah. Writing is a huge part of that for me. And it was probably because in therapy, you know, my therapist was like, okay, it's time to you journal, journal into that. And I find that I'm saying that all the time now. And sometimes before, if we're in group sessions or something, they'll be like, journal into it. I know you're going to tell me to journal into this, <laughs> but writing gives you a chance to get to know yourself. You know, it's knowing yourself without judgment because I encourage stream of consciousness writing. So you're not like judging any of the writing that's coming out. It's just like, get it out, get the feelings out. And that really helped me to get to know myself because self-care is an expression of self-love. And if you don't know yourself, you're not gonna have any idea how to care for yourself. You're going to try what you saw me do online or you're watching people online, you know, on the means, all you're going to, you know, you might try that, but you don't even know what you want. Mm -hmm. And there are even times when I've had clients and I'm saying, you know, journal into that. They hate journaling. So I've said, speak into the something now journaling. If you can grow to love it. Okay. Try it, but let's take the path of least resistance. So writing plays a huge role in the very first pillar because I teach a course on self-care and the very first pillar of that is self-awareness. Like that's the first pillar to probably everything that you will ever learn in personal development <laughs> is that self-awareness and writing gives you an opportunity to speak to yourself. Unless you want to stand in the mirror and talk to yourself. I do that now, but most people ain't comfortable with that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. If I said, stand in the mirror and talk to yourself, like you're talking to your best friend, they're like, I don't even know what to say. I Some people don't even look themselves in the eye when they look in the mirror, if they look in the mirror. That's hard. I mean, sometimes it's hard to just do contact with another person, but then to yep. do contact with yourself, it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Eye contact. That's what it holds the whole, that giving love layer. Yeah. Um, eye contact is something because people aren't looking at each other anymore. And we don't look at ourselves. And I, I think it's important to start. You can start with writing. I, I think it's easier than looking yourself in the eye and talking, which I do encourage mirror work, but <laughs> that's a whole nother layer. Yes. Is there an element of affirmations that is a part of that mirror work? Yeah, definitely. So when you're looking yourself in the eye, so you take the time, look yourself in the eye, have that conversation with yourself. It's uncomfortable in the beginning. You probably don't know what to say, but you're having thoughts. And so I encourage like thought management, um, or I should say 
just thought awareness so you can understand what your thoughts are. And nine times out of 10, you have a lot of negative thoughts that, I mean, we just, we, we have that until we can control them and manage them. And when we identify what those negative thoughts are, I really have a stop and look at what is the real positive truth of this. Mm-hmm. So let's say for instance, if, um, a woman is telling me there are no good men out there. I'm going to be single my whole life. That's a thought that she's having. She doesn't really believe it, but that's a thought she's having. And then we take it into, I have something negative thoughts, positive truths exercise. What's the positive truth around that? The positive truth around there aren't any good men out there is that there's 3.3 billion men in this world, probably more. I think it's four now. So do you mean to tell me how did that four billion? <laughs> there's not... <laughs> some great ones, or I'm never going to get married. Go down to any city that you're in, go to the, the, the marriage fair that they have every year and look at all of those women who are walking around, picking their wedding dresses, all of that. You're like, whoa, if all of these people, so you create, you got your negative thoughts, create the positive truth. Once you have the positive truth, create the affirmation. So the positive truth is, wow, there's 4.4 billion men in this world. The affirmation is, out of 4.4 billion men in this world, there has to be at least 100,000 that I would match with. <laughs> Positive affirmation. I'm just, I just create that, you know, yes. created that one real quick. And then but, there's and, some good odds out of 100,000. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm thinking out of, there has to be 100,000 that we would match with. I would hope so. Yeah. Let's say it's only, let's say it's 1,000. Let's say it's 100. But whatever your mind can fathom, because I don't want to give you an affirmation that's not going to feel comfortable or real to you. Right. But a lot of times I will coach people to create the affirmations out of that negative thought so that it can counteract. So the minute you're walking in and you're going somewhere, you're coming home on a Friday night and you don't have a date and you think, oh my God, I'm never going to find anyone for myself. No, there are 4 billion men in this world and I have at least a thousand that are just waiting for me. Got this. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That sounds nice and positive. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it could be a little clunky in the beginning of trying to figure out how do you do that one or does this make sense or is that really a negative thought? It's just real. You know, I have the statistics, the statistics show, and I'm like, well, guess what? There are two sides to every statistic. So you are going to have to choose. You gonna have to choose which side of the statistic do you want to be on. You said something. I've, I just is a great conversation, and you're saying things, and random stuff just popping. You mentioned stream of consciousness, and you know, with people writing, just write whatever. Don't worry about grammar, whatever. Yeah. Just write. I don't know if this is a stretch, but I feel it kind of relates to the way you were talking about love. Mm. If we just love people, just do it. Don't put any parameters around it. Don't yeah. put any judgment around it. I'm just going to love you just because. And if you just love that way, as opposed to putting barriers, expectations, all that stuff in yeah. front of it, probably makes it a little bit harder. But if yeah. you just say, I'm just going to love. Yeah, everybody got the comma. I love you, comma. I love you, semicolon. <laughs> and then you'd be like, but I, you know, it's just, that's a, that's really good. That makes sense. To love from a place of stream of consciousness because then you can put that out there. I I, th- I think there needs to be more talk around that, you know, because we have a lot of association. So sometimes when the minute we have those conversations, sometimes people are like, yeah, but there's this situation and that situation and this situation. And it's just, we'll try it the way you just described it. Try it where you're just out there loving. Just try it. Try it on for size and see what happens. Mm. Assume the best. Right. Reach for the highest vibrating interpretation of situations. Okay. I think it's much better. Yeah. When you go in with a positive attitude and you kind of just mm-hmm. emit that positive energy and hopefully it comes back in the form yeah. of a blessing. Yeah. Blessings on blessings. No, that's, that's, that's really good. I think that um, we should have a challenge. It should be the love challenge. (laughs) The love challenge. 
You're going around blessing people with love and giving them love. I like that. I, I like that. Like that might be something for you and your Love CEO Institute, <laughs> which I would love for you to tell us more about. Um, I love the concept of like having this sort of community to yeah. self-love and guidance towards there. Yeah, I I I've read a quote. It was for Alicia Rashad. I don't I can't remember the full quote word for word, but it says, when women come together with a collective intention, magic happens. And She's yeah, growing. yeah, magic happens. Um, and that's what I think of when I'm thinking about Love CEO Institute. I wanted to create that space where we could collectively, energetically um, ride off the energy from the group collective, because sometimes you aren't feeling your best. Sometimes I'm not feeling my best, but I got a mastermind. I have my crew of women. I have Love CEO Academy and I'm always, or even Institute. So I'm always um, being fed in some way. And so when you're trying to do something on your own, it's always gonna be a little bit harder. Um, it's not saying it's not possible, but when when the stuff hits the fan or you're feeling less than on a day or you don't, you're not encouraged or you haven't done your self-care, you wanna have a collective group of women who are saying, hey, well, when was the last time you know you took a break or is your self-care plan still on your calendar? And you're like, dang, I haven't had it on my calendar for a while. You know, whatever it is, I think that it's best to, we were made to commune. Mm. We were made to commune. I don't think there, if we go back tribal, <laughs> if we go back, you know, it's, we were made to be in groups and to commune. And so we're so distant these days or so far removed. So Love CEO Institute is really a space for that, a space for, yeah, you can come and learn, but I have a lot of ambitious women in there or women who are just very busy. And so there's so many different realms. There's realms where you can come in and you can listen to, you know, the, the works and the talks and the lessons that I have in there. And then I had one lady who just would listen to it on her walk and never, ever show up to any of the live stuff. And then I have other people who are like, I'm not listening to nothing right now. Just I'll show up when you're on live. And then I've had other people who created accountability within the group, you know, with other individuals. So it's really a place to come together and understand that you're not alone and to be able to maximize the tools. I always say you learn from the lumps on other people's head. <laughs> so you can learn from the lumps that I, I've had, you know, the tools on goal setting, but goal setting from a perspective of having that self-care and that self-love not goal setting from a rise and grind perspective. I don't do that. We we just don't do rise and grind at Love CEO Institute. We're all about awaken and flow. Uh, so, so, you know, you can learn a new way of doing that, but it's really a place where you can design the life that you want and you are the priority. And it starts with self-love, self-care. And I guarantee your self-care will be conducive to your bottom line. I always tell business women, just talk to me in three months and see if you've increased your income just by doing more self-care. I love that. I feel like that is a missing aspect of, of my life. Um, just personally, I'm working with a coach and we're working on some business stuff. And I just always feel like that self-care. And he keeps telling me that too. It's like, you got to work on your self-care. And I'm like, I know I got to work on it, but I'm not actively working on it. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's where where we're hitting a barrier. There's like a roadblock there where mm -hmm. you know, we can only go but so far with business. Yeah, to get something in there to treat yourself to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to get over the plateau. So yeah, that's so true. I'll give you um, a tool that might help you just in the interim. Um, the way that we do goal setting at Love CEO Institute is we connect it with celebration and with self care. So whatever goal that you have, let's say, I had a client who was finishing a uh, editing a movie and she's like okay I'm editing my movie my goal this week is to get through all the footage which is going to be her sitting down getting through all the footage like that's hours and hours okay the goal is to get through 20 hours of footage what's the self-care I call them self-care activations what are the self-care activations that are connected with this goal and she said okay my self-care activations will be every two hours I'm going to 
do one of my, and we have like lists of self-care because we just do that in advance. So we'll know because when you get tired, you'd be like, I don't know what I like. I don't know what to do. So we just have this running list of all the stuff. So then you go in your folder. Oh yeah, I do like, you know, watching cat videos. Okay. She's like, I'm going to go sit in my garden. I'm throwing this one out here. If she listens, this isn't what it was, but I can't remember what it was, but she's like, I'm gonna go walk in my garden and watch cat videos for 10 minutes every two hours. And so it's connecting a self-care activation to the goal and a celebration. Like, what are you going to do when you are done? For her, the celebration was she was going to go have a spa day with friends, you know? So it could be something as simple as, you know what? I'm going to buy that shirt that I've been seeing for so long and have never gotten. It might be a little bit, you know, more expensive than usual, but when I do this, so connecting a self-care activation along with um, celebration to any goal you set any goal whatsoever I love that I love that and I love the idea of having like a running list of things because I mean seriously I have no idea it's like what do you want to do I don't know like I I don't know yeah I did that because I have a course called date like a boss so even in date like a boss I had the women make a list of the restaurants that they love to do the activities that they like would like to try so when the guy was always like, hey, what would you like to do? They could say, oh, well, I'd like this or this. And then let him decide. You step in your feminine and let him decide. Like it was this this clunky thing in the beginning. You know, you're like looking, well, yeah, I would love to go. <laughs> <laughs> but then it became this, because then it became this dance that you were able to do. It wasn't like, I don't know what to do. And then you're talking to your friends. He don't even know what he want to take me on a date. And it's like, girl, you don't even know where you want to go. True. (laughs) So I would encourage you just to set the timer journal and be like, what do I love? What brings me pleasure? And if you don't know where to start, which a lot of people, when they're first starting after years of not doing self-care, go back to what it was when you were younger. If it's that bubblicious bubble gum, go try it. You might now try and be like, oh, I don't like that very much. (laughs) But you will have this discovery mindset. You're putting your mind in a space of uh, awe and wonder, like Mm. discovering. Like, oh, I do like that. Oh, this feels good. And you make the list. Yes. It's a great. Because if you don't make the list. Yeah. When we're in survival mode, we won't remember nothing. Nope. We don't remember a darn thing or in survival mode. Yeah. No. Because like right now when I was talking, what was some of the, like, there was something pleasurable that you liked to do that popped in your head. What was it? Oh my gosh. I love kayaking. And I thought about rolling. Me too? Yeah. 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 So you would set your goal and be like, okay, I'm going to do this goal. And when I hit that, I'm scheduling, you know, kayaking and you could schedule it in advance too. You could just go and book the kayak, even if it's a couple of months out, you know, but see, you already started your list, the roller skating and kayaking. I love it. Look at that. See? Okay. Wow. Okay. Less work for me, I guess. Do you need something? (laughs) I don't don't know. But I want to ask because I'm hearing the ladies talking. I love it. I think this is beautiful, but I have a question. You you mentioned that you work with ambitious women. Generally speaking, yes. What does that mean? What is the difference between working with ambitious women versus non or unambitious women? What's the difference? What are you doing for them that you may not do for somebody else? Well, generally speaking, the women that I'm speaking to are the ones that have the coach the ones that know the business that they want to do might have multiple businesses that they're doing, but haven't taken any time for themselves, or they used to know what that was, but it got lost. It got lost in the sauce. It got lost in mama said you needed to go to law school. It got lost. in I had some kids and forgot what my dream was. It got lost in, I got to take the kid to soccer practice. So I can't go to the gym today. It got lost in all of that. So when I say ambitious, it's women who want more for themselves in this moment of their life. Because if a woman is doesn't want more, she's generally satisfied or miserable. I'm going to err on the side that she's content and satisfied. So I wouldn't need to 
coach her into that in a, in a way. Now, there may be some women who are content and satisfied with life, but they still don't aren't really focusing on themselves and they want to do a little bit more. But generally, the women that I'm working with are women who are wanting more in life, but they don't know how to build their empires with grace and ease. They still want to be able to step into their feminine and be in that feminine energy, especially if they're in relationships or looking for a relationship. Because if you run around all masculine, nine times out of 10, you're not going to attract the one that you want to take care of yourself because, you know, take care of you. And women instinctually want someone who's going to take care of us on some level, on some level. Um, and so tapping into that self-care awakens that feminine side of you. Um, it awakens looking like at life with the glasses half full, because if you're not doing self-care, you probably have a scarcity mindset. Don't have enough time, don't have enough money. So ambitious. I know that was loaded. I know that was loaded. But there's <laughs> but it's it's someone who wants more in life, but they also want to make sure that they are having, they're enjoying life. I love that. Yeah, not sacrificing anything. My kind of my la I think my last question as we kind of wind down here. So we're talking you're with these ambitious women who want more in life as the one guy here. What advice would you give to men? Yes. Who want these ambitious women in their lives. How do you? Oh, that too. You what know what? As you were speaking, okay. What advice do I give a guy who wants the ambitious women in their life? That's the question you have for me. But I also want to not neglect men and their self-care. Okay. It's such a need. So I'll answer that about the guys who want that ambitious woman in their life. But it's so important that I think men are carrying such weight on them to be so much to so many people and they are they can neglect themselves in the process um, on a deeper level. And it's so important that we just mark this moment that they want to, I want them to get to a place of self-awareness. I want them to get to a place of their needs. Nine times out of 10, a guy is going to get their needs met in some way, but some of them don't because they're caught up with being so much for their family and they need to take a, a break and they need to know what they want and they need to run the bathwater for themselves and, you know, all of that. So I want to make sure any guy who's listening, I say that, but for the guy who wants the ambitious woman, um, I, you need to know what you want. You, you need to know what you want clearly in life. And that goes back to the self-awareness and not be afraid to stand in your power, not be, not being afraid to step into being king. And there's a difference between an unapologetic king and a defensive king. A defensive king is running around, throwing their right around. Everybody has to do what they got to do and said what and all of that. But really just understanding your mere presence of creating container for a woman is going to be priceless. And what I mean by creating container, if you want this ambitious woman, you are going to have to create a container for her feminine to show up. You are going to have to make decisions you're going to have to tell her what time you are picking her up because if not, she's going to flash into her masculine to schedule the thing, to make the reservation, to ask you all the questions and just handle it for her. So she has no even need to do that. Um, and knowing what you want is going to be priceless and giving her space to be all of who she is and what, that means is you have to give yourself space to be all of who you are because there's masculine and feminine energy inside of all of us. Not, I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about the energy, the energy of flow. And if you find someone who has that, you can have that beautiful dance of knowing when to push and knowing when to pull. You don't always have to be on the push mode. And I think you can tap into your, the 
feminine intuition to even be able to notice when that's happening mm -hmm. and being able to love through that process of discovery for each other as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, something else came up and I, this, I, this was really be the last <laughs> question. But no, because I like with this, but because you specifically mentioned men and taking care of themselves. So I'm just gonna reverse the question. What will an ambitious man get from somebody who maybe was completed their time at the Love CEO Institute? What kind of woman, what kind oh, of attribute? Yeah. Why am I gonna feel like I'm being loved? Why my needs are gonna be getting met? What, are, what, what kind of fully formed woman is coming out of there? What am I getting from her? Fully formed? Love okay. <laughs> Fully formed. That was incorrect terminology. I well, I was about to. I'm. I'm glad you said that. It's not incorrect, but I believe we're all fully formed already. I'm. Oh, my job is to awaken what's already inside. Um, and so when I awaken that, what they're gonna get is a woman who has a lot more. She's. She's going to back to the knowing. You're. She's gonna know she's queen, and she's not gonna fight you for it. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that you you really going to have to show up because it's not going to be a fight. It's going to be, I'm queen and this is what is deserving of me. And I'm going to give you the respect and the love because I am full and complete. And so you will have to show up with having done your own personal development to some level and be in your own space of growth. Um, but she's going to love you from a beautiful understanding space. And she's going to have a lot of different perspectives when it comes to relationships, because it's not all just black and white. It's not just, I guess, what do you call it? Uh, cut and dry. Yeah. And so when you find a woman who has done the work, she's going to be able to work with you. But it has to be a man who's done the work as well. And she's gonna understand that now we have a new corporation, how are we going to build this together? So I think when you have met a woman who comes out of Love CEO Institute, she her cup is full and she knows how to love from that first com first conversation we had about that global perspective of love, you will sit across from a, t a table from her and you will fill it. Right. I love it. Whether you're a match or not. Okay. Well, you know. I no said, more deeply. No, like, no, okay. I'm good. No, I'm, <laughs> if, if not for not, you know, I'm married, so I'm good, but just, okay. in, but, you know, just in case. <laughs> Just in case, that's great. Okay, you just in case for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Right. <laughs> oh boy, well, you are or you've been an actress, a, a director, like a, a one woman phenomenon, a writer. <laughs> You're somehow a co-founder for a whiskey company, which we yes. never really got to dive, dive into. Mm -hmm. Very versatile. But tell us a, a little bit about what you're into now, anything big that you might have coming up and just how our listeners can get in touch with you. Yes. So I am always, I'm a moving target. That's what I say. <laughs> I'm a moving target who has an amazing self-care plan. So I definitely am able to do what I do because I've know, I know what I want. I know what I deserve. And I've started to build a team. There's no way I would be able to do all the things that I do if I haven't at some point had different people doing different things for me. So um, I love when you hear that. I'm like, dang, who's that girl? And I'm like, oh, that's me <laughs> doing all the things. <laughs> um, Right now, I am so excited about Love CEO Institute's membership program because what we do is we send out self-care activations. We kind of take the the, mis the mystery out of how do I do self-care. And so in that membership, you get self-care activations that are sent to your phone every day. And they can be very small self-care activations to larger ones that may need to be planned. But for the most part, it's 
we're ushering you into creating self-care as a lifestyle. So a lot of them will be small things like maybe just going to bed an hour earlier tonight, um, you know, or drinking a glass of water or planning what you're going to eat tomorrow. You know, there's, there's a lot of them. So we take, we demystify it for you. And so I'm loving that membership right now. Um, everyone can get to that with at the loveceo.com. Um, and then, and I have a free week for you. So you can go in there and look around and see if you really like it. Uh, and the whiskey, the whiskey is going to be available at the end of the year. We'll do a soft launch and then we'll do a full launch. Uh, I'm really, I'm always excited about things. Um, there's that. And I'm in talks for a show that's coming up. I can tell you more about that later, but you know, they're, they're pitching that right now. So that's exciting. Um, so I, my whole objective is just to do the things I want and, and at the same time, balance, not doing all the things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But my, I, since I design the life that I want, my mission in life is to help other women design the life they want. So like my private coaching clients, they get the massive strategy, whatever you're going, whatever you want in life, God gifted me with strategy and I will show you how to get it. That's just I have that naturally um, and really getting women to design the life they want with grace and ease. Grace. That's my objective. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You are inspiring. I have enjoyed Thank talking you. with you. I think there's so much value that was has been in this and even some for the men that are listening. Yeah, you've been for us. Oh, that's yeah, great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ah, love y'all thank you for you know being with us and for sharing your wisdom and just for your time I mean I greatly appreciate it oh yeah I enjoyed it a great deal you have any social media spots people can reach you at yes Natasha McRae M-C-C-R-E-A on everything <laughs> Natasha McRae if you typed in the love CEO or love CEO, you'll, you'll, all my stuff will pop up as well, but on Instagram, uh, Natasha McRae, okay. M-C-C-R-E-A. I love the consistency. That's a good brand. Yeah. When people are like, oh, it's this at this one place and this at another social media yeah. site and this at another, it's like, I can't keep up with all that. Okay. I wouldn't have been able to keep up with that for myself. I, there's no way. There's no way. I wish I would like to say that was strategic, but that was really for my brain. <laughs> It was all selfish, y'all. All selfish. It worked out, though. It worked out really well. <laughs> oh, well, babe, I think we've definitely come to a general conclusion that love is versatile. Love is versatile. Yes, I like it that is. Word. Love is many things. But this it good is. love is Black. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Love is Black podcast. Please help support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a review. And connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Love is Black podcast. See you next week.